Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
Christians. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence and your word. Ephesians 6, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Ephesians 6. Come, let's pray over the offering, please. Father, we thank you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, are you ready to learn some scriptures this morning? Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Well with this, it's generic. Well with it. It's general. You understand what I'm saying? It's general. Well with this, it's general. It means it, it could be your school, your health, your, your relationship. Just well. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it means that when you don't honor your father and your mother, it will be well with you. Which means that in one way or the other, you're going to struggle. Hallelujah. In one way or the other, you're going to struggle because it's not well with you. And then it, it, it narrows it down to a particular blessing. Which is that thou mayest live long on the earth. So, if you don't want to live long on earth, then make this dishonor. Can somebody hear me? Yeah. It means that it probably, you see, it, it probably means that um, if you dishonor your parents, it doesn't mean you go to hell. If you are born again and you dishonor your parents, it doesn't mean you go to hell. You probably go to heaven, but you die early. <laughs> because you don't live long on earth. That, 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 that means live long on the earth. So if you want long life, learn to honor your parents. If you want to go to heaven tomorrow, insult your mother, you die and go to heaven. <laughs> you see, but I, 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 I'm saying it's like a joke, you know? Um... Over the years, as we have pastored, we have one of the you see, one of the ways in which you have to be careful. Okay, or, or one of the ways that you have to be very, very careful when it comes to honoring parents is in the area of marriage. It's in the area of marriage. Oh yeah. And I'm saying both from the biblical point of view and from the experience. Over the years, we've come to see, I mean, for the th- length of time that we have been pastors, lighthouse, like, like Bishop is saying, we've come to see that uh, the people who, when they were getting married, their parents were not in agreement and they overruled it. They overruled it. I'm telling you, this is, oh, doesn't matter. Oh, they don't understand. We'll go ahead and marry. I mean, somehow, somehow, all of them, in fact, I can think of, I can even remember two now, who all died young. They died very young in their marriage. Weird disease. I can remember two now. That is why now, 
is bishop's policy and lighthouse policy. But please, if your parents say no, he sees no reason why you should go ahead. What's the age limit? <laughs> they say, if your parent says no, he sees no reason. He, he said, I will advise you find another one. Unless you can convince them to say yes. But don't override their no. Because from what we have seen, it doesn't end well. Are you hearing me? So convince your mom. Convince your dad. Get an uncle. Get a pastor. Somebody to convince them. Because the results are not good. Amen. Of course, the reverse is also true. The reverse is that don't try to put a lot of resistance in your child's marriage so that you force them to disobey and it will not be well with them. So if you're a parent and you want it to be well with your child, say yes quickly. <laughs> Allow. It goes both ways. If you're really a parent and you want it to be well with your child, then allow. Say yes quickly. Don't make the whole marriage thing look like a, a, a vetting addict. Send it. <laughs> As more marriages like we are going, we are vetting at the Senate. No. It's only one marriage. The person is not trying to become a chief justice. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is what I want to share a little bit on this verse. Amen. Well, I was trying to come here. It's not easy to come to Manhattan on a day like this. We've been circling for almost an hour. Hallelujah. But I'm still, for a few minutes, let me talk about us. We are still in the season of evangelism, fruitfulness. Hallelujah. And uh, I've given you so many reasons why you should bear fruit. Okay? Or why people do not bear fruit. And today... You know, fruit bearing, I'm going back to the point that I shared. Fruit bearing is a sign of maturity. Hallelujah. A sign that you are a mature Christian is that you bear fruit. Hallelujah. Because children don't give birth. Children do not give birth. And you know, after being a Christian for a while, you are expected to grow. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. First Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. When I was a child. So, yes, you are expected to be a child for a period. But you are not expected to remain a child forever. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
So you are not, ex you see, remaining a child forever is abnormal. Hallelujah. You see, if, if uh, uh, you have a three-month-old uh, uh, three and he poops on, on herself or himself, it's not a problem. You just take the diaper and you wipe it. But if you have a 13-year-old who poops on himself, it's, not a, it's, it's no longer a joke. It becomes irritating. It becomes annoying. Because then it becomes a problem. Because you are spread that at 13, you should have control of your bowel. So there are some things that are expected of children. And there are some things that are expected of adults. Are you hearing me? That is why after being a Christian for a while, you see, if you are just a born-again Christian, you just became born again, you know, a baby Christian trying to learn the verses, you fornicate once or twice, the pastor can understand it. I'm preaching. Because you just became born again, so you are trying to win yourself. You just started. So a little fornicating, a little touching of the breast, the pastor will understand. But not after you have been a Christian for a while. You have been in the church for a while. You are in ministry. You are in the choir. You are in the prayer warriors. And you are still doing that. At that point, it's annoying. You have been here for too long. That point, you see, you understand? You have been here for too long. And at that point, it becomes irritating and annoying. You should know better by now. I'm already in town. You should know better. You should know better by now that this thing is wrong. You have been in the church. You have heard too many preaching. You have heard too many messages. So you cannot continue like that and expect us to overlook and so we all make many mistakes. No. Listen, at a certain level of maturity, certain mistakes are punishable. At a certain level of maturity. Why do I say that? When, when the people irritated Moses, and Moses lifted the stick, and instead of touching the rock, it's the rock. Because he was probably angry. And God said, for this that you have done, you will see the promised land, but you will not enter. Because God expects Moses to know better that as a leader, you must have control of your temper. So this mistake is not allowed. had done it, God would have allowed it. So at a certain level, certain mistakes are punishable. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. But when I grew up, I put a... So, so, see, so those of us who have been in church for a while, and everything, it's under the blood. No, it's not under the blood. I'm telling you, it's not under the blood. It is punishable, and God will punish you. 
And the Lord will punish you. Because God expects you to know better. Hallelujah. Spoke like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you must grow up. And, see, and, and everybody, like I said, a three-month-old poo-poo we can wipe, but a 13-year-old becomes a problem. 13-year-old, your poo-poo yourself is a problem. Hallelujah. In, so I'm coming to, you know, so, so when it comes to fruit bearing, it comes to fruit bearing, you don't expect children to give birth. Hallelujah. No, we don't. So we allow them. But if an adult does not give birth, it's a problem. So giving birth is a sign of maturity. If you have been a Christian for a while, you must begin to bear fruit. I say you must what? Begin to bear fruit. Hallelujah. So this is where this is where you get a problem of the fact that somebody has been around for a long time does not mean they are mature. Because maturity has nothing to do with the length of this. Like, like somebody said, like somebody told somebody, he said that you have aged, but you have not grown up. <laughs> yeah. You have aged, but you haven't grown up. Because being grown up is different from being aged. Age is just a question, a number of years. But being grown up has to do with your behavior. Maturity. Are you hearing me? Because some things are not expected of grown up people. At least in my country. That is why they don't expect. I mean, you are 50, you are almost 16 year old man, you are wearing some shorts ripped and your hair. Please leave it for the. I mean, even your body does not fit that dress. As you are wearing, you, you saw this on the store, so I mean, at your age, with all the cellulite, are you? Cellulite and the wrinkle on your wrist. And you are wearing ripped jeans. Please, leave it for the 21-year-olds and the 22. Because, you see, grow, so that, that's why they say grow up. Because some people have aged, but they have not grown up. Yeah. Very immature. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. So, God expects us to mature. Uh, see, so you can be in the church for a long time. You have age on your side in the church, but you have not grown up. You have not mature. And one of the signs of maturity is fruit bearing. I said, one of the signs of maturity is what? I said, one of the signs of maturity is what? I said, one of the signs of maturity is what? Fruit bearing. Because if you see anybody with a child, you immediately, if you see a woman with a child, you immediately assume that she has passed puberty. She has to pass puberty. Hallelujah. Otherwise, she cannot have a child. Amen. Oh, yeah. It also shows that, you see, it, it, it also reveals 
You see, it also re- bearing fruit also reveals how much or how stable you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah, how stable you are in Christ. John, 4, John 15, 4 and 5. Preaching. John 15, 4 and 5. Are you there? It says that abide in me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Hallelujah. Yes. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You see, listen, this is very important. Bearing fruit also represents your relationship with Christ. You may be in the church running around, but you don't have a deep relationship. Hallelujah. If you have a deep relationship with God, you will be fruitful. A lot of of Christians are shallow. They are not deep. They are Sunday attendees. But if you are deep with God, you will bear fruit. Hallelujah. Because, I mean, there are children here, but you understand. Because, you see, fruit bearing, you see, fruit bearing, or becoming pregnant, it's a combination of being in you and being in you. There must be an into. Even in the natural. There must be a type of knowing to get somebody pregnant. So you must get to go in a certain relationship with God, deep with God, for you to bear fruit. Otherwise, you are just a shallow person. You are shallow. You can't bear fruit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. You are just shallow. Amen. That's why I said when I was a child. Children are not children are not deep. One thing about children, children are not deep. Children don't think far. Their attention span is short. You put a child here, three minutes, they are tired. Because they don't go deep. But it says, abide in me. See, if you're a Christian who has a personal relationship with God, you'll be fruitful. I'm talking about your personal relationship with God. Hallelujah. Like the Bible says, they that do business in deep waters, it is they who see the wonders of the Lord. You cannot do business with God on shallow waters and see God's wonders. Hallelujah. And church, deep waters means, is it? <laughs> you cannot be intimate with anybody in public. You cannot be intimate with anybody in public. 
That's a good one. You cannot be intimate with anybody in public. Intimacy requires seclusion and isolation. You cannot. That is why even when you are on the when you are on the train and you see some two people getting intimate, the common comment they shout, "Get a room." <laughs> huh? Yeah, because no, you are not expected to be intimate in public. Intimacy requires privacy. Yeah. So, so to be intimate with God, you need to have a private time with God. Hallelujah. So unless you develop the art of being private with God, one-on-one, him talking to you, that's what makes you fruitful. Private alone, come alone, come alone. Every time God called him, Moses, come alone, come alone, come alone. When God has serious business with you, he does alone. Come alone. Separate yourself. Look, I'll be honest with you. Everything is good. Yes, I encourage you to pray. But real prayer is by yourself in your closet. That is nice. But you see, look, dangerous uh, elements in the water or in the sea. When, when a ship, like the Titanic, it's an iceberg. And an iceberg is dangerous because but the power, the strength is hidden. So your Christianity should be an iceberg Christianity. Where majority of your power is iceberg. Your power is hidden in your closet, your personal time. You, no, you see, not, you see, I'm giving you two, two uh, maybe geometry. And the reverse of an iceberg is a cone. A cone has a small base. One small thing, the cone stumble over. And you see, you may impress men on the outside, how big you are on the top. But the demons, they don't look at how big. They know who you are. Paul, I know. Who are you? you are deep. Look. If you are with your lover, anybody you love, you don't want external influence at all. Yeah. Maybe when you get visitors, you are witness. When will they go? Yeah. Come away. I said, come away. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. If you see the public one, just like, just, like, just like in school, the students who do well are the ones who study on their own after. <laughs> Hallelujah. Abide in me. Spend some time with me. Come away. Come away. 
You see, when Jesus went to pray, when he was going to the Mount of Transfiguration to go and pray, he had 12 disciples. Right from the word go, he left nine. Like there. Stay behind. Then he went to three. The nine were not deep. Nine were very shallow. So, but the three were a bit deep. So he went to the three. To a certain level. And there he told them to stay here. And then he went alone. To pray. To, for, so you see the progression. You start with the twelve. You get to the level. So this twelve, they can't cross. You leave them here. You move to the three. You say, this is where they can go. You leave them here. Then you go alone. So, so you cannot lead the people. When the people are doing 12 and you do 3 and you say you are a leader. The people you are leading, they come to church more than you. They pray more than you. How come you are, because we gave you a title? Please, forget it. You say you are the pastor. You are the members are praying more than you. Forget it. Jesus, he did more. He went furthermore. Abraham, when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, he went. He started with a servant because the leader is expected to make the extra mile. So you cannot be a leader when you cannot make the extra mile. Out just by mistake, we made you something. We gave you a title in the past. And, and, and I'm saying by mistake because we make mistakes. I'm preaching. Your title is by mistake. You must go far. You must lead. Hallelujah. I'm talking about abiding. Be deep. Lady Pastor Bidia, Lady Pastor Bidia has a saying. He said, a senior does. <laughs> That's it. He says, a senior is a senior does. A senior is a senior does. So you cannot call yourself a senior when you don't do what seniors are supposed to do. Are you hearing me? If I am preaching to you today, then it is expected that I should wake up early than all of you, wait on God more than all of you, pray more than all of you, study the word more than all of you. If I wake up at the same time as Jeff, why should I preach to him? And it's, you see, and it's only a matter of time to be shown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Abide so we can bear fruit. Amen. Yep. Of course, Paul said when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Another thing that children do a lot is that children are unstable. So, being an unstable Christian, you will not bear fruit. Hallelujah. Unstable means you move from one place to another. Any tree that is that keeps moving, I, I shared with you some time ago. I'm so I'm not going to go. See anything if you want to be productive, be stable. That's why that last right. If you want to be productive, be what? 
You cannot be changing today, you are doing this tomorrow, you are doing that tomorrow, you will not be productive. Cannot change schools from major to one major after the other. You will not be stable. Change one relationship after the other. You will not be stable. Be stable. Stability will bring you progress. Amen. Hallelujah. Stability will bring you progress. You are not fruitful because you are not stable. See, you are not fruitful. The Bible said that a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Okay? A double-minded person. Thank you very much. If you don't like the person, say no right from the start. Don't say, you don't like the person on the back burner. As a backup. Don't use anybody as a backup. Nobody is a backup. Because when people find out they are backups, they get angry. Just in case. I'm preaching backup. Because I know a girl who put a brother as a backup. Oh yeah, I know the girl. Again, she put a certain brother as a back. Then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So when Mr. Wright said no, back to the backup. What he didn't, what he did, she didn't know that somebody had told the backup. <laughs> that this was her heart desire. So she was shocked, you see. Because, you know sometimes when, when some girls feel like they have their man in their pocket. Aso, aso, Jimmy, oh, any day, any time, you like me. <laughs> you are totally wrong. No, thank you. He said, oh, he said, no, thank you. Because the guy felt that. So be stable. Let your year be yeah. Let your name be nay. I said, let your year be yeah. Let your name be nay. Hallelujah. You see, there, is, there are certain benefits of fruit bearing. You see, one of the things that comes with fruit bearing. It's joy. If you want to be a happy Christian, bear fruit. In John chapter, in, in John chapter 16, verse 21. John 16, 21. It says that a woman who is in travail had sorrow, painful, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembered no more the anguish for the joy that a man is born into the world. You see, a lot of times our, Christians life, our Christian life are not happy. We are not happy in the Lord because we don't bear fruit. Because there's a certain joy that comes when giving birth. Even though childbirth is painful, when most women are in labor, as soon as they give birth, they somehow forget all the pain. If they don't forget the pain, why do you, why do you think they go and have three, four children? <laughs> Is that the joy was worth the pain? And that's why people this. Because I am told that childbearing is one of the most painful things anybody can go through. I'm told. It's a sight. Oh, I've been to labor world often. It, 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 it is a, you will see this nice lady with her nails and extensions suddenly, ah, ah, and some of them even poo poo. That's why we put some. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. You, you wait till you give birth. You see whether you. Yeah! <laughs> yeah poo -poo, brrr, grown up. It does. But so, but so you think that after going through all. That is why some of them have three children, four children? No. Five. Some even have seven. I have not seen ten yet. The joy that it brings makes it worth it. I say even though childbearing is painful, the joy that it brings makes it worth it. In the same way, sometimes it, you see, it requires a lot of strength, pain, and shame to win souls for Christ. But the fruit of the new convert is worth it. Hallelujah. You make heaven what? And if you make heaven happy, heaven will make you. If you make heaven happy, heaven will make you what? Yeah. The Bible said there's joy. Look, I'll conclude by saying that giving birth is painful and shameful. Painful because of the pain you go through and shameful because it's shameful because you are naked. You don't give birth in your jeans. Jessica, stand up. If I tell you, Jessica, remove your pants right now. Stand up and take off your pants. Now! I'm the pastor. Hey, you, you, take it off now. Remove it now. How do you say it in French? respect me, but the shame of everybody seeing her naked. But if she was to go into labor, right? The, nobody would tell her. Don't deliver among in front of your husband. Doctors and nurses, strangers you don't know, all there is people you don't know, you take off all your clothes. Because at that point, there is no shame. So what I'm trying to say is that bearing fruit comes with shame. But you must, you see, but, and, and unless you are prepared to go through the shame. See, to, to, to win souls for Christ, sometimes it comes to shame. People will call you a fanatic. You are weird. You are somewhere. They don't know you are this. But you have to overcome all that shame and tell them the gospel so that they will be saved. A lot of us don't want people to know so we want to be like everybody else. So even when they are cracking silly jokes, you can't tell them, look, I'm a Christian. You better be born again. Because you will look weird. So you just, even though you don't say anything, you walk away quietly. No, no. But you see, you are ashamed of the gospel. Preach the gospel, no matter where you are. Yes, they may call you weird. They may call you, you are intolerable. They can say that, well, you are, uh, are narrow-minded. It is still better 
to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Because when that sinner is converted, there's joy in heaven. And like I said on Tuesday, like I said on Tuesday, anybody who makes you happy, you will make him happy. Makes you happy, what? I'm happy. If you make heaven happy, heaven will make you happy. I say if you make heaven happy, heaven will make you happy. And, and once again, once again, you don't determine what I like. Okay? You can't say that, oh, this is good for you. I decide what I like. So, you, are, you help me by doing what I want, not what you want. Some people think that, oh, but I did this for you. No, maybe I don't like it. Help is determined by the receiver, not the giver. Help is determined, my wife was the one who told me that one. Help is determined by the receiver, not the giver. A lot of times you think we are helping somebody, but maybe what you are giving, the person doesn't like Oh, maybe I would like a black shoe. Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe if you have asked me, I would have wanted a, black, a brown shoe. Help is always determined by the receiver and not the giver. It is the person who is receiving who can call it help, not you, the one giving. That is why, that, that is why, if, if, that is why uh, you have to ask him what he wants to eat, not what you want to cook. Because if the Bible said that I will make him a help meet, I will make him a help meet, it means that your duty is to do what he wants, not what you want. Because help is determined by the receiver. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me, church? And God is saying, God is saying, what makes me God happy? What makes me excited? It's when a sinner is saved. A lot of Christians think that what makes God happy is your praise and worship, your singing, your holiness. It does not make God happy. God likes it. God said, don't be, you can be holy, you can sing, you can worship, but what makes me happy? What makes the angels rejoice? Is when a sinner is converted. So you can be holy, you can pray, you can dance, but if you don't witness, you don't make me happy. Because we think that's so well. And, 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 and like I said on Tuesday, maybe, like I said on Tuesday, maybe God will probably prefer a fornicator who wins, a holy person, righteous, who prays, who does not win souls. Maybe. Maybe. God may be happy with a fornicator. Just holier than thou who doesn't win any soul. Maybe. I'm not saying go and fornicate, but I'm saying maybe. What? I say help is always determined by what? Job. They say help wanted. Because the shop needs somebody maybe to bake. But when you come, and so, I don't bake bread. 
but I boil water. The, the word is, they are not, they, 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 are not like, they, are not, they are not looking to give out work. They are looking for help. So, so can you do this for us? That's why it is called help wanted. The service should be what I want. Help is always determined by the receiver. Amen. And God said that what makes me God happy is when a sinner is saved. Because that is why I sent my son. Your picnic is good. Your, your worship concert is nice. What makes me happy? This, this, this is where a lot of us get confused. Because we always think that, oh, but you should like this. No, no, you can't tell me what I should. Oh, but you should like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this thing is nice, so. No, it's... Oh, you know, where you are now, I think you should be eating some caveat and, no, no, no. Caveat may be nice to you. I am happy with my plantain. It is nice to you, but it's not nice to me. So give me plantain. No. And God is saying that what, is, what makes me happy is so winning. Heaven will make you happy. I say, if you make heaven happy, stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanna be more like you. I wanna be more. I wanna be more vessel you were through. this morning you said that when a sinner is saved there's great joy in heaven and the Bible said that you, you so loved the world that you sent your only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life and you said you do not delight in the death of a sinner it is your wish that all men be saved father may we not depart from this great commission May our ways please you. For you said, if a man will be pleasing to you, may we be pleasing to you. Anything that will be a distraction, take it away from us. May our ways please you. May our efforts please you. May Christ please you. May we be pleasing to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed and every head bowed. This morning you are not born again. That's the most important thing. Please, every eye closed, every head bowed, put your hands down. I'm going to make an altar call. This morning, you are not born again. You have not taken Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Among all the things that God can give you, this is why he, he came. To seek and to save the lost. 
So before I sit down for a brief moment, there's room at the cross for you. Salvation is why God came down on earth. So with every eye closed and every bowed, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior, young or old, male or female, anybody here. This is why, unless you don't believe it, but this is why God came. This is why God sent his son. And there's room at the cross for you. So this morning, lift up your hand if you are not born again. You want to be a Christian. You want to give your life to Jesus. It's very important. I just want to make sure. The most important thing that happens in the church is when people are saved. Praise and worship is good. Preaching is good. Dancing is good. But the most important thing is salvation. There is room at the cross for you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for salvation. Let none live here without being saved. And Father, may our church be a soul-winning church. May people be saved in this congregation Sunday after Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.